Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast that Santana featuring Rob Thomas doesn't want you to hear. <laughs> it's monkeys and playbills, y'all. That's Paul DeGers. That's Jillian Willems. And you oh. may hear another delightful <laughs> laugh going on in the background. Who could that be? Who is it? <laughs> you don't know who you are? Oh, I'm so happy, everyone, to introduce our special guest, a long-awaited special guest, I feel, Ali Fulmick. I feel legend. I feel like I've been on this podcast before because I've listened to you record it so many so times. So many times. Uh, and this is such a treat. <laughs> and I believe listeners would have also heard we recorded you yelling about... <gasps> Bonnie and Clyde. About Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, played a clip that of it on me. the podcast. So there's that as well. Yelling no. <laughs> well, Does this the... need to be a musical? <laughs> no! <laughs> well, what the heck do Bonnie and Clyde and this week's episode have in common? Ooh. Well, it's funny you should ask because... They are both musicals that had runs of 100 performances or fewer on Broadway. And what the heck happened? And what the heck happened? (laughs) Truly. Well, for this one. They also share the same composer, a Mr. Frank Wildhorn. They sure do. Before we begin, Allie, I believe as a special guest, you brought in an intro. I did. (gasps) So would you like to, would you, would you like to take that again? Uh, Producer Dad, can we take that again? Yeah. Okay, go. Welcome to the podcast that Jim V. Hart and Nick Castle, the story writers for Hook, don't want you to know about. What? It's Monkeys and Playbills. I have no idea what those mean. I'm so excited. This show is like... This show's super Hook. They're tr- it's trying to be mm. Hook and, Wizard of, and Oz. Wizard of Oz and anything but Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> have we actually said the name of the show yet? Well, you did. You just did. <laughs> <laughs> the show we're looking at is... Wonderland, Alice's new musical adventure? Something Is like that. Is that what that. it's called? <laughs> I purposely didn't write that tag indignantly. I was like, I, we don't need it. Cut it. Y'all, this is, a, this is a heck of a show. All right, here we go. Frank Wildhorn's Wonderland. It's, it's wondrous. Um, <laughs> previews began at the Marquee Theatre on March 21st, 2011. It opened on April 17th, 2011, and closed promptly on May 15th, 2011. <laughs> and decisively. <laughs> decisively. After 30 previews and 33 performances. So 63 audiences saw it. Sorry. Let the, let the, rec- <laughs> let the record show it is, called, it is called Wonderland, A, a New, New Alice. Alice. Formerly called Wonderland, Alice's New Musical Adventure. Oh, jeez. Well, they're both terrible tags. We just need Wonderland, I swear. Like, why are we... Anyway. I think it's nice that we're doing this right now, too. It's the start of December, and it's a winter wonderland outside here in Winnipeg. <laughs> so see? Thematically, this makes sense. Sure. Someone curated this. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Producer Daft <laughs> curated Producer this. <laughs> so... Before we begin, I just wanted to say, Allie, thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. What brings you here? What's your... What walk of life has found ha- <laughs> Why are Allie, you here? Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> In the words of the caterpillar, who are you? Yes. And then it's a funky kind of 70s R&B. pot smoking R&B song. Uh, so I <laughs> am a stage manager type person in winnipeg and canada that is what i do i've watched a lot of shows and i've worked on a lot of musicals yeah you've made made many shows happen both backstage and from the front of house mm-hmm. yeah you also design sometimes yes. a little bit i dabble nice stuff. i dabble yeah. in design no design real nice stuff um and you've also been show seeing 
partners to everyone in this room many, many times. Yes. This is a very very much a homecoming, welcoming um, Ali Fulnick into <laughs> their own living room to record a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, you're here and you live here. I yeah. live here. I do. I live here. Okay, <laughs> now let's do some credits. Let's maybe start with show history. Yeah. So this show was developed by this um, this. Arts Center in Tampa Bay, Florida, mm-hmm. yep. who started, what was it? It's called the Broadway Genesis Project, I Yes, think. is that what it was called? Yeah. Amazing. Which was a, specifically developed. The idea was, we're going to, we have all these resources in Florida. We're going to develop new musicals, both specifically for the Tampa Bay market, mm-hmm. but also to transfer to Broadway. I mm-hmm. actually love that idea. Right? What an idea. This was the first show they developed, and... After this, that project disappeared. The only mention you can find of it, unless they wildly change names and don't acknowledge it, this is the only thing they've ever done. The only wow. thing you can find of the Broadway Genesis Project was the fact that they produced Wonderland. Oh my god. And um, they were like, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Let's rename this project. It had a tidy little run in uh, Tampa. 2007 was the workshop. Yep. And then the actual production was 2009. Totally. Mm-hmm. And then um, got rewritten. Went to Houston for another tryout in um, 2010, and then hit New York for a hot minute, and that was it. And then a UK tour in 2017. Yep. That also apparently was plagued with um, yep. issues and, and stuff, and, and ended up canceling, I think, about three weeks of performances, if I remember correctly. This was Frank Wildhorn's baby, Yep. Um, the composer. He'd written, apparently, four songs for the show, mm-hmm. and was like, hey... I've got this concept for a show. I've got four songs written for it. We'll try to guess what those four songs were. I think I have an idea. Mm. (laughs) Um, I've got four songs written for it. Let's develop it into a full show. Mm -hmm. And the Tampa Bay Arts Center said, sure, that sounds good. How much money do you need? How much money do you need? And Frank Wildhorn presumably said, a lot of money. All of it. $3.1 million. And then proceeded to work for a hot half an hour every day. (laughs) And then produced a musical. (laughs) Well, you did say hot half an hour, and it must have been hot in Tampa. He was, he was probably could, too hot. Just too sweaty. His fingers kept slipping off the keys. <laughs> Which explains some of the music in this show. Yeah. Oh, no. Which we'll get to in a minute. But so, uh, sorry, I said $3.1 million, but actually it says the Tampa budget was $3.3 million. And then it actually ended up making a lot of money there. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Like I'm, tons of money. Yeah. I'm sure the show plays really well in Florida. I have no trouble believing that. <laughs> So we've talked about this before a little bit on shows that have had pretty significant out-of-town tryouts, where sometimes they work in one location and then on the switch to New York, something just, in terms of audience reaction and feelings, it's just something's amiss. Is that what we think is happening here? I think it's very, I think that's exactly what's happening. I think that's a part of it. Oh, interesting. I can't wait to figure this out with you. Save that take for the end. Let's talk about the plot. Okay. What plot? Exactly, right? <laughs> All right. So we're going to set a timer for five minutes. I will, yes. And Ali and I are going to try to, in five minutes, summarize what happened on stage. Um, I could tell you in one. <laughs> which I love, and I, I actually want to hear yours first, and then I want you together to okay. do it in five minutes. Okay, Ali, okay. you do yours in one. Go. Okay. Um, a w- woman comes home after hitting her head in the elevator passes out on the on the bed, wakes up, follows a rabbit down an elevator, a bunch of character songs happen, no plot, and then the last two songs of the first act, 
we introduce an inciting incident that involves a Mad Hatter being somehow annoyed at her for existing. Mm -hmm. Act two starts. The Mad Hatter kidnaps her child. And then they, through various deus ex machina, get the kid back like immediately. And then they just go home. The end. All of this just interspersed with character songs. So many character songs. That's all that happens in this show. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that was pretty much it. That was it? Okay. But, and that was like a minute. Want to try right? five minute version? Yeah, I do want to try. Let's okay. do it. Okay. That's, no, that Are was very ready? accurate. That, that was very good. very accurate. Okay, here we go in three, two, one. So like Ali said, they um, this woman comes home. She's going through a divorce right now. With her husband, it's and they have unclear a, that it's some kind of marital problems. Marital because she's just moved into a new apartment with her daughter, mm-hmm. and her mother-in-law is also living with them. Is taking, helping out. Is helping out. Taking care of the kid. So she gets home. She's hit her head on the elevator. Her yeah. kid's like, "I hate it here. I don't want to live in an apartment in." We New start York. inexplicably with a song about how the daughter just hates being here, yeah. even though the daughter is not a main character in any way, shape, or form. It's said many times <laughs> in the lyrics that home should never change. That's the idea. As someone who moved six times in their life, I take strong issue with that. Yeah. Beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, like Ali said, uh, Alice has hit her head. She's a, chil- a children's author as well, She's right? She's a children's author, um, and her book uh, draft dark. just got denied. Yeah. Uh, so she's real upset about that. So off she goes down the rabbit hole to Wonderland, follows- Which is a, a service elevator. Which is a service elevator. Because it's modern. And she meets uh, Caterpillar. She, yep. she follows all the usual Alice beats for a little while, so she drinks a potion and And shrinks. there's a lots of Alice's. There's lots of Alice's, yes. yeah. And then course. meets the Caterpillar, and he sings a really- fun song yeah and then, and then immediately meets... nothing else no plot motion happens after that we just meet the Cheshire, Cheshire, Cheshire cat, cat and he sings, sings a really in fun song and, and then, then we meet the queen no first we go to the mad tea party yes and, and we meet the mad hatter and, and the we meet the mad hatter and they sing a fun song and the mad hatter is a um is a woman in this she's is been she's, re- she's replaced the old yes. mad hatter yeah, yeah. Then we meet the queen. And she sings a fun song. You're, you're correct. Nothing has happened so There's far. There's no been yeah. no plot. This is, we are yeah. like two thirds of the way into this one. show. Into this show. Yeah. <laughs> then the, then this is when the Mad Hatter finally decides, oh, I want to rule Wonderland and... Okay. The Mad Hatter's always been like, I want to rule Wonderland, but then sees that Alice is kind of getting along with the queen. So she's like, oh, well, I don't like Alice anymore. So now I'm going to screw up her life. Yep. Because she's interfering with my plan to take over Wonderland. Take over Wonderland. Right. So she goes to the, the the Mad Hatter goes to the real world and kidnaps Alice's daughter. Yeah. Alice and the gang uh, realize this and they also go to save Alice's daughter. End yeah. of Act One. End of Act One. Top of Act Two, they save the daughter. The Mad Hatter sings another fun song right. and then everybody's like, oh crap. We need to go save the daughter. Everybody is immediately captured. Mm-hmm. That's right. um, instantly like instantly captured, except for the rabbit and Alice. Um, then the rabbit and Alice come up with a plan that's going to solve everything immediately <laughs> through some Deus Ex Machina of the watch. Is this when Alice goes on a journey into her own mind? Then Alice goes on a journey into her own mind and meets Lewis Carroll. <laughs> where she meets Carroll, Lewis Carroll. I can't. Who wrote this Alice in Wonderland. This is where I totally fell and off. Then and then meets her younger <laughs> self. And then meets her younger self. <laughs> yeah. Who we Producer thought was her daughter. Right was the <laughs> she best didn't know about this. <laughs> yep. Meets literal Lewis her, Carroll. Her literal Lewis Rover Carroll. almost done the time, right? Uh, one minute left. One minute. You're doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> then comes back to Wonderland. Wonderland immediately 
saves her daughter like yeah. immediately yeah. like it's not even hard and then the white knight just kills the, the white mad knight hatter. no no but first then the mad hatter's like i'm actually the dark mirror version oh, of you, you. every time anything bad has ever happened in your life it has come to me and i but now i'm gonna take over yeah. and then the white knight is just like shank and and they disappear in a puff of smoke literally Into- into the the, the, the the land below Wonderland. Yeah. Who Hell. fucking knows? Literally just and a then and then literally left. and then they're like, oh, and now you're leaving, Alice. Bye. And then she sings an another yet another unearned ballad. Yes, correct. And everybody is shown in silhouette behind her. And the they, end. And they literally do like the Wizard of Oz. And you were there. And yeah. you were there. And like the White and Knight. Were... And the White Knight was the white her actually husband. The dad. And yes. then the Queen was the mother-in-law. But like, why? Oh. It has no bearing. I, yeah. And that's the end. Wow, you did it with four seconds to spare. There you go. Amazing. What, what's up, producer, producer Daphne? Would you like to um? Would you like to weigh in? You want to come over to my mic? <laughs> Okay, so worth noting that Paul told me there was a twist in Act 2, and he would not tell me what it was, so I, I tried to guess. Uh, and so I guessed, oh, does Alice and, like, the White Rabbit hook up with, like, the anthropomorphic version of the White Rabbit? And Paul went silent for a moment and said, you're not as far off as I would like you to be. Yeah. Which was a great primer for this. As if that could actually if happen. that surprised me one bit. I would have been like, yeah. cool. Fine. Yeah. Sure. Wow. Well, oh, y'all did an you know job. who we didn't mention though was one of my favorite characters, which was the March Hare, who is clearly if Tim Burton and Penn Jillette had a love child. Ah, great take. <laughs> Excellent take. Yeah, just this bizarre, sweaty design. Sweaty yeah. steampunk oh, yeah. man. <laughs> oh, wow. Who's definitely a libertarian. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> Okay, Jill, if we wanted to license this yeah. show for so, some godforsaken reason, why would what would what would we what would the plot synopsis say? Okay. <laughs> so this is from Broadway.com and they write Build as a modern day retelling of the classic Alice in Wonderland story. Wonderland follows a woman living in a current day New York City whose marriage is falling apart and whose career dreams are slowly being pulled out from under her. When this contemporary Alice finds her way into Wonderland via a broken service elevator in her condo, like, I feel like even they know that this is, like, tongue-in-cheek, right? By the writing of this. Um, She meets some familiar-ish characters. A Cheshire cat with a Latin flair, a malicious Mad Hatter, and a delightfully dotty Queen of Hearts. After coming face-to-face with these friends and foes, Alice finds new strength in herself, and discovers that she'll do anything to find her way back to her daughter or her smaller self like, or her. But like, or, is there or the, actually or the man who wrote do, Alice do in Wonderland? Yeah, what is based on? Do we learn anything? Is there any like? There's no through line. There's no actual character growth. We actually learn the whole plot of this show in the first ballad. Yeah. Yeah. That home should never home. change. Yeah. <laughs> home is important. Home is not a place. An address. A something else i don't know the lyrics but yeah i was so mad watching this show <laughs> like you were, it was pretty visceral actually i was so yeah. angry i'm working on a show right now and i was watching it uh in between performances and i was i kept on having to pause and curse uh at whoever <laughs> member of the company was around me at that yeah, time get it just out. because i think what really got me is that like I like a lot of this show, mm-hmm. but the whole is so much less than the sum of its parts. Totally. That it makes me angry 
like I'm mad that it's making me mad. Like I think I wrote down <laughs> I am annoyed that this show is annoying. Yes. <laughs> oh, well we should probably talk about the book music and lyrics. I think so. I think analyzing each part of this show is going to be exactly Very what important. this is. Yeah. Very important. Thanks. Here we go. Book by Gregory Boyd and Jack Murphy. Yeah. Jekyll and Hyde team, Civil War, like yeah. all of kind of those. They are also like, they, they are a Jekyll and Hyde. It's actually one person. But when he's very <laughs> grumpy, he goes by a different name. <laughs> Music by Frank Wildhorn. Welcome back from uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Cheers. Welcome back to the, the Two Timers Club. Yeah. Frankie the last time you, you either. Certainly yeah. not the last time, no. Uh, lyrics by Jack Murphy again. Music orchestrated by Kim Scharnberg, who orchestrated Little Women. Yep. Mm. Also with, um, also working with Jason Howland, who's the um, composer for Little Women and the music director on this is Frank Wildhorn's go-to music director and is a very brilliant man. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to have some words about the music in this one because I don't think I hate it nearly as much as you do. And I'm with Allie. Okay, we'll talk. Okay. <laughs> uh, vocal arrangements by Ron Melrose. Uh so Ron Melrose is a very busy uh, arranger, yeah. um, has been working steadily since like 1977, like Jeez. just nonstop. Yeah. So vocal arrangements by Ron Melrose and Jason Howland. And Jason Howland. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then incidental and dance music arrangements also by Jason Howland. Totally. Also very busy. Wow. Yeah. They're Jason just Howland is just, just reasons working with a bunch of our friends on, um, he wrote Paradise Square. That's going to Broadway oh, right now, but oh, right. Um, a bunch of our buds are in. Apparently, it's very nice. Everyone should go see it. I yeah. look forward to it. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, what do we do? Book, book. slash concept yeah. slash adaptation first? So I... This is the worst book ever. I want right? to know what happened because... <laughs> right? Like... Like, it just... It feels more than almost any show that I've ever experienced that it was like a bunch of songs existed. Mm-hmm. It plays like a jukebox musical, yeah. but it's not a jukebox musical. Great yes. It, it feels take. like they had a bunch of songs and they tried to put them together in a way that made a plot, yeah. but they couldn't. Mm -hmm. And the book is working so hard to make any sort yeah. of sense out of this show. At the very like clear case in point that there is actually no inciting incident. There's no mm -hmm. plot start until the last two numbers of the first act yeah exactly you know what it feels like i improvise musicals all the time with outside mm. joke <laughs> yeah this feels like yes and again no, normally it goes very well but every once in a while something doesn't quite click and we find ourselves doing like a bad show something hasn't quite worked out and mm. bad in the sense that like for your group because for you're all like amazing it doesn't have the through line it like doesn't every, have everyone else the... everyone else thought someone else was developing the plot in their yes, story yes, got it we hit the 45 minute mark and everyone was like oh but we got to do something all right let's Shoot, create something let's now. throw yes. in a conflict absolutely because i feel yeah. like they did all this work just setting up mm -hmm. character after character after character after world. character and the world but but why yeah. like i kept on during that first third of the show until immediately before intermission like there's no there's no plot there's no problem yes. alice yep. doesn't seem that stressed out about being here mm -hmm. yep. frankly it's not like her kids by herself yes or anything that she has to get back to her child so you're like okay so there's no conflict there but also it's unclear that there's any sort of like States? bearing on <laughs> bearing on her current mental state yeah. because all we know about her is she's kind of crabby about her book getting turned down and she has a job that she doesn't really like that much and her marriage's kind of crappy mm -hmm. but what that has to do with a bunch of colorful characters in an alternate universe is 
not explain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think if we would have maybe seen an argument with uh, Alice and her husband that resulted in her quickly trying to leave the elevator and hitting her head and you know what I mean like upping the ante that way off the top and just things kept piling onto her and then we would understand this sort of unraveling in this dream world maybe I don't know yeah like she storms out and you know hold the door oh wait it's the white rabbit like I don't (laughs) like it doesn't it isn't clear that like she's gone into this imaginary world to help her in any way necessarily. Yes. yes. So it just becomes like, oh, well, this is kind of interesting, mm-hmm. I guess, but why? <laughs> right. I'd like to say really quickly, I don't think Outside Joke has ever actually improvised anything this bad. Our shows are usually excellent. Please come say. see us this spring at Perry Theater yeah. Exchange. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I promise they're really good. So I guess this yeah. is sort of to piggyback on your thoughts about this feeling like a jukebox show. To me, it actually felt like a panto. Mm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great call. Like, the same sort of structure. Yeah, it just was such a panto to Like, me. there's this, like, these points that they clearly wanted to hit. Yeah. Like, these common Alice in Wonderland tropes that they wanted mm-hmm. to hit, but they couldn't quite figure out how to make it relevant yeah. to any sort of story. Well, that's why, that's why you end up with this big chunk right in the uh, middle of Act 1, where it's like four character songs, five character songs, and no plot in a row. They just yes. knew, okay, in Act 1, we want to meet the Caterpillar, we want to meet the Cheshire Cat. Yeah. We want to meet the uh, the Mad Tea Party because these are just, this is what you expect from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, exactly. But no thought to how are we going to get there? How are we going to get there? Right. We're, we're just going to be there. Uh, forgive me because it's been decades since I watched the Disney Alice yeah. and it's, I've never read the, the original. I remember each character leading Alice to the next stage, the next state of, of things. Kind of, or is it more snapshotty? Like kind of we just see here. happens at her. Yeah, which sure, which, okay. <laughs> in my in my <laughs> shitty brain, for a while when I was watching this, I was going like, "Is this actually brilliant?" Because it's just making us all as confused as Alice right. is supposed to be. And it is like, the original stories are this, kind of episodic. And, like, yeah. why right. is this happening? And I was like, no. This doesn't feel that uh, aware. That aware. No, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. feel that intentional. Got it. Okay. If they, if they were going to, because you're absolutely right, both Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass don't have a whole ton of plot mm-hmm. going on. And I think if they'd stuck with that, with what they established there, where it's just, oh, here's the caterpillar, then here's the Cheshire cat. If they did that for the show, all right, now maybe we're talking. You know what right. I mean? But they do that for a few minutes. Then introduce a plot. But it just needs to be more intentional than it is. Exactly. None of it yeah. felt intentional. Yes. Definitely didn't feel it intentional. It felt like, oh, we need to sing this song. And then, oh, book writer, how do we fix this? I don't know. We'll just have Alice say, I don't know what's going on again. And then we'll have another song. Well, we'll be sure to not have her actually be scared. It'll be like, I overbooked myself. Yes. I have both a PTA meeting and a soccer game That's tonight. Such and a now good I have to deal oh, with this crazy, crazy caterpillar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like she's just kind of put out. Yeah, she was. She was like, yeah, she was like mad. Yeah, it's like this again. Like, can somebody just tell me where the super is? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And everyone goes, ah, New York, we've got supers. Absolutely, exactly. Because this book has to bring it down to the micro level. The Mm -hmm. most. The highest concentration of shitty Broadway jokes yes. per Oh my per god. Which yeah. was mentioned show. in the review. Oh, in the Times it. review. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Like enough, basically. Like, every other line of dialogue they might as well just turn directly out to the audience. <laughs> 
and like deliver a line and then have it go like like they were trying to explain like this is alice is trying to explain where she lives like where new york is to yes the cheshire cat i'm sorry el gato oh yes el gato and is like oh blah 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 blah, queens and then he's like oh i know that that's where local sports team plays yes (laughs) big laugh from the audience yeah but like yeah and they made like a tea party joke Oh, they like made that a big weirdly, tea party joke. That weirdly, oh, like, on-the-nose political... Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. No, ...bit about the tea party. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So, okay. Is it safe to say... I mean, it's all rough, but yeah. it almost feels as though no one sat down and mapped it in the beginning. Correct. It was like each department sort of started working away on their own piece of the puzzle, knowing yeah. what they were referencing, yeah. but maybe not ever actually deciding what was going to go down together. I almost feel like, like I feel bad almost giving the book a rating because mm. I don't think that with what they were given, there was any world where this was going to be anything but just playing catch up for the music. Mm. But Ali, what? We are scientifically bound to give it a rating we are we are compelled by the um the mandate set out by this podcast to give it a rating true so my question to you is out of 10 playbills how many monkeys would you give the book for wonderland alice's new musical adventure i would say three yeah, I was going to say three. That's and very it, generous of the only, <laughs> the only reason it's three instead of two is because I do kind of like the joke that El Gato, the Cheshire Cat, has lost his ability to be invisible. Yeah. But doesn't realize and it. everybody doesn't just know. humors him now. And he's like, oh, oh you can only, yeah. see, you my can only see my smile now. Yeah. Where is that Don't voice we... coming That's from? Okay. And I think that is fucking hysterical. Yeah, it was funny. such a good way That's to a good joke. solve yeah. that theatrical problem in a funny way yes that you get one more point from me for just for that because that is brilliant but that's a funny other than that oh (laughs) i heard wow okay i'll add a i'll add a a, a monkey as well so i'll I'll go two (laughs) okay i do want to say this quote from uh charles isherwood's review for the for the times because this this sort of like sums up my feelings about them trying to like mine a theme out of it for us quote wonderland transforms alice's surreal wanderings into a contemporary parable about reconnecting with your inner child and other watery truisms of the (laughs) self-help industrial complex right because it's that feeling of like wow really we're going so cerebral here that we need to get some sort of result as adults out of this story. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's maybe what they were going for. They're trying to be Hook. They're trying to make it Hook. It's trying to be, you've lost touch of your sense of wonder and excitement and have you and your children put in physical danger in a fantasy setting in order to learn this lesson. But then she also meets, like, Lewis Carroll and her, and it's like fucking Charlie Kaufman's Wonderland, Alice's new musical adventure, you know? Like, she, she it's very bizarre. Yes, I want another, I want a whole musical just with the Lewis Carroll guy because he is daddy mm-hmm. in this. Oh, is, like, isn't he also the white knight? Yes, because there's a line where she says, you look so familiar to me, which Fucking, also um, drives me bonkers. Darren Ritchie, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's like. He's working hard in this one. Oh, Truly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's working real hard. 
Yep. I get why he's the husband because they're setting up this whole like, oh, the husband has this white knight complex and feels yes. like he has to save his family and that's why their marriage is on the rocks. Like, yes. okay, that's, you're stretching it real hard. But then why is he also Lewis Carroll? Why is uh, he also budget. helping? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And like, why is the mother-in-law also the queen? Like, right. she's not a mean, yes. crazy, like, exactly. off-the-handle woman. So no, like, she seems why? like she's really doing a good thing and the only... Her only fault they actually established is that she makes cream of Brussels sprout soup yeah. and that tastes Which bad. Which sounds lovely yeah. to me. Sounds I don't like know. Yeah. I would love that yeah. actually <laughs> myself. Anyway, okay, it's it's music and music, lyrics time. Music and lyrics. Frank Wildhorn is not my favorite musical theater composer, y'all. Um, I think that a lot of the songs he writes don't have a ton of value beyond this is a song and this is how I feel again and again and again for three minutes. Yeah. And Fair. this um, this musical is the top tier example of yes. that. Of every song, like the action stops, the action stagnates for every song instead You're of right. moving forward. That's true. And that makes this hour and 50 minute show seem like it's four hours long. That's exactly what I, like I just could not stop thinking that. Absolutely. Yeah. But Sondheim's big thing about writing songs is yeah. it has to go on a journey. Like we've got to go from A to B yep. and we got to get there by the end. Like that's really the only rule. Yep. to writing a song yep. and it's very clear that uh, several of the composers we've talked about yep. ha really struggle with that as a way to get us from a to b in a show that demands we go somewhere mm -hmm. yep. on an adventure literally it's in the tagline yep. like we just we need something different from that music structure absolutely probably would have helped that initial third of the show where nothing happens except for five character songs yes. maybe in those character songs something happened. right a little something you know what else would have um potentially helped if any of those character songs were good okay 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 well, hold on hold on let me let me okay. let me dip 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 the Matt Hatter <laughs> song's pretty good yeah okay I, end I, of list uh, end of list i like smooth i mean okay <laughs> so the cats the cat the freaking cheshire cats song is literally 100 percent yes producer daft can we insert a clip of smooth and then a clip of um the Please. song from wonderland right Please. here here it is Now we're back. That is Whoa. literally the same song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it is. It's a problem. It's the literal exact same song, but also the Cheshire Cat. I'm actually coming around on it a bit because, like you said, the Cheshire Cat's kind of funny. And then he plays guitar on his tail, and I think that's good. And he's like, it's a guitar. I think that's good. Okay, here's. I think that with the songs, maybe. Like, the whole is greater than some of its parts because the performances and the design yes. makes this show worth watching mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And we'll get yeah. to that. Totally. And so I recognize that maybe these songs aren't as good as I think. And, like, when I think about... Because I've listened to this musical before. Yeah, me too. And I never listened to any of the songs except for Through the Looking Glass, Mad Hatter, and I Will Prevail. Mm -hmm. Truly. like Great songs. That's all yeah. I'm listening to if I'm listening to this soundtrack. Right. But I enjoyed watching these character songs. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. I liked... Um, and this will get into the direction and choreo a little bit more yes. as well. There was... Yeah. 
some value in the caterpillar, some value in the um, Elgato. There's um, this white knight number that it's I think is... a boy is... band number. No, I'm a I sucker don't... for a boy band Me number. Me too! I, don't, I, don't I love them. them. <laughs> I, I, I love them. I Okay, and here's what I'll say. After Bonnie and Clyde episode... Yeah. I was feeling really discouraged by Frank Wildhorn's music. And then when I listen to this, I have a little bit of renewed hope. Interesting. Yeah, and I think it's because like every song is such an earworm for me. Mm -hmm. So there's the home song right at the beginning that's kind of music boxy that I love. And then there's that, welcome to Wonderland. Okay, bookmark that. I want to talk about that song in a second. We'll talk talk about about it right now. Because what Frank Wildhorn does great that I love, love, love is an ensemble number with a bunch of featured ensemble. This Mm. is his, my favorite part of his Jekyll and Hyde is the opening song. It's like a one day more rip off called, um, (laughs) is behind the facade. But it's every other line is like a, a tenor or a sop who's yeah. like featured ensemble number one is collecting an extra 10% bump to go. I love that. Indescribably odd. Yeah. Yes. And, and it's the same in the wonder, in this big Wonderland, Welcome to Wonderland. Yeah. There's every, all these featured ensembles and they're all dressed as Alice and they're having a grand old time. We're getting into the cast it's a hoot. now a little bit, but it's that's, a hoot. Yeah. that's good. Yeah. So there's that's, a few bops for that's, sure. That's bop. Bop. There are bops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And I do listen to Welcome to Wonderland. Exactly. Well. Yeah. So I feel like in terms of listenability, it's this much- show is much more exciting musically, and I would say even lyrically, than Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, I'll give you that. <sighs> okay, lyrics, though? They're the worst. Yeah, they're, they're, so okay. bad. they're bad. Yeah, they're bad. They're I'll agree bad. with that. I'm sorry, I know, I know we try to go in being like, this. these shows are someone's favorite show, so let's be respectful, but... No, they're just bad. No, if this... If these lyrics are your favorite lyrics, you gotta listen to more shows. I'm sorry, you gotta. Yeah. And I think I struggle because in all of those introduction songs, I'm pretty sure each character in their own way says, I am this person in the song. Yeah. Like as part of the lyrics, which yeah. to me is such a cop out yeah. lyrically. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to take a second uh, second pass at the lyrics on yeah. that one there, bud. No? You're happy with that? All right. Uh, we're busy, Paul. We're, bi- yeah. we're too busy. <laughs> Jack Murphy was busy writing the book and the lyrics, so he couldn't do, do both either. or wow. either. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we should we should rank these. Yeah. So, out of ten playbills, how many monkeys are we gonna give this music and lyrics? Guess first. Six. I feel the same. I was gonna say six. Oh, I can't get there, you guys. That's okay. I'll okay. go. I've got to go four. I can't go right. higher okay. than four. Okay. Yeah. Some of those songs are good. I would probably even like have fun. Playing some of those, I think you would. I will prevail show, is such a f- is such fire. Is nice yeah, show, it's so. such fire. But once again, not doesn't actually function as a musical no, theater song. No, I like I like individual songs from this show just for a listen. Just yeah, for a- yeah. Are we ready to talk about the staging? Oh yeah. <laughs> by Gregory Boyd, who... Welcome back, Boyd, from such hits as writing the book to this uh, show. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back to a new role. You're directing this now. The (laughs) musical director, Jason Howland. Yay. Yay. Choreographed by one of my new favorite people that I... Didn't even know existed until this. Uh, Marguerite Derricks. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that because there's yeah. some stuff going on with the choreo. Um, so Marguerite Derricks. Okay, this is... Have y'all seen the movie Showgirls? Oh, it's I'm sort talking. of like the Vegas version of The Room in my totally. mind. Yeah. 
famously disastrous movie. Yeah, Yeah. but also has such a following and people who like appreciate it. I found out today that Marguerite Derricks was the choreographer for that movie. What? So the crossover, we didn't know we needed. And of course, a lot of other uh, film work too. Actually, mainly film work. Yes. Super tracks, absolutely. Um, Like some of her other credits are 10 Things I Hate About You, Little Miss Sunshine, Austin Powers, Charlie's Angels. Like, yeah, yeah that those, makes super yeah. sense. So, yeah. Uh, and then associate director Kenneth Ferrone and associate choreographer Michelle Elkin. Like, sometimes it just, it hits real hard and it's real good. Yep. And then they're just standing. And I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know... And it's like weirded all Jill, that Jill is, Jill is standing with her palms out, her hands yeah. by her side, her palms out. Mountain pose. Mountain pose. Yep. Like it, we go from this like riot of activity and fun use of space and levels and mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> and then, and then, and then I'm just going to stand here yes. and look at the audience. And that feels filmy because mm. you can kind of do that. Yeah. But like you yeah. can go from like a big riotous thing and then bring it down and bring it small. And all the, the cinematography will carry the weight for a while. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which makes sense considering her credits are mostly film. Film. Yeah. And that's, that's why yeah. it's like that tracks where it's like you're used to that rhythm mm-hmm. of choreography. Yeah. So it makes sense that all of a sudden you're just like, oh, and I'm out now. Yeah. But it's certainly on stage, it makes for moments of really, at least I, I found a lot of the movement really cool and really exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like nothing like groundbreaking, but no. I was like, oh, it looked like it's fun. And there's like cool angles and everything. Yes. Yeah. And then nothing. But then nothing for a while. Yes. Jill, what's yeah. your take on this choreo? Oh my gosh. I, it's very much my style. Yeah, it super is. Yeah. Like a lot of it's quite approachable. So again, my favorite thing is to have people in the audience see the choreo and go, I could I could do that. So much prancing. <laughs> love the boy band number. Like love that's it. so love my love it. My vibe. It love is it. on occasion like pretty horny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah there's yeah. some sexy choreo. Like there's some yeah. magic oh, mic the stuff. Caterpillar. The caterpillar. Oh, true. I that song, not great. That yeah. design and that ography. Yep. And the amazing. performance. And yeah. the performance, like yeah. the way that that it, they really p- polished that turd. Yes. And the um, the, the, <laughs> Mad, the Mad Hatter number was the other one thing. that jumped out to me. Was mm. just these ensemble dancers yes. going like the whole time. Their legs, 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 butt, butt, butt. You know. Legs, legs, legs. Yeah, like the Mad Hatter is very thirsty. Yes, very thirsty. I agree. Yeah. Like, and especially considering that she's supposed and to be like a steampunk a, con. She's supposed to be a part of what? Alice. So, like Alice has another side to her. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Whoa. I I quite like the choreo, but I yep. agree. I think it's not even. It's not. But the other thing that I often think about, I've gone to shows where the choreo was so heavily involved and everyone was moving the entire time, even when it wasn't necessary, that I now relish so much the moments of stillness. And I wonder I if that. I would have seen Wonderland in person, that those moments of stillness would have actually been more impactful. But because we're Fair. watching it sort of secondhand, I get the feeling that things do look empty and sparse. I think that, that they would have been more impactful mm-hmm. if the songs were better or yes. earned in any way. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Because none of the emotional moments in this show were earned in any way, shape, or form. Right. Like, I think at one point I was watching the second act and just, like, I had to get up and, like, take a walk for a second <laughs> because I was like, oh, good, around. another 
valid that we haven't earned at all. Yes. And also that's also because these songs are such a slog and they make this show feel four hours long. Right. Yeah. Also the direction, I, I can't even comment on it because I don't remember. Yeah. Seemed like there was a lot of people standing in semicircles. Oh, lots of semicircles. Lots of that. Yeah. Yes. Which I understand yeah. is not always the um the strongest staging technique. Speaking to a director and a stage manager who know a lot about staging. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's also like a symptom of the book feeling like a means to an end because yeah. none of these scenes actually do anything. Like they're right. just like, oh, we have to get through this to get to the next song that we need to hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Oh, well. Let's do them. Let's do them all together. Let's just do a rating. So yeah. out of 10 playbills, how many monkeys are we going to give this direction in choreo? I'll go first this time. Okay. Because um, I feel like I'm the I'm the big grump um, in the ratings so far. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go five. Oh, okay. And that's just because we've combined the direction and choreo into one. Mm -hmm. Because I like a lot of the choreo moves. Um, I like things that are legs, 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 butt, butt, butt. I like things that are like prancing and lots of um, of fun. But then the direction is bad. All right. It would probably be a six or a seven if it was just the choreo. It would probably be a three or a four if it was just the direction. Yep. So I'm settling on five. What about y'all? Yeah, I feel kind of similarly. I want to give it a little bit more. I want to say six. Okay. Just because I did enjoy theography very yeah. much when I did enjoy it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. There's a lot of theography I like. Yes. Marguerite Derricks is uh, thinking of the music and the relationship between music and movement in the right way. Yes. You know what I mean? There's no question of that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that is intuitive as that may seem to us and to me as a person who has this type of relationship with making theater it is not a lot of people miss that mark absolutely and i think that's to be celebrated Mm -hmm. here um but the direction pulls this down a lot so i do have to go with i think especially the staging pulls this down yes well that's it yeah so i think i think i'm pulled to a five but I really love that boy band number. I love that boy band. And I love the caterpillar. Yeah. I freaking love that caterpillar. So maybe I'm a six. Like maybe there's just more good here than there is wow. bad from the direction. Yeah. yeah. Great. Woo, look at us. And like all the the the, the, the Elgato's friends like on the car. Yes. And like all why that. Is so many body rolls. Why is there a car though? Let's talk about why there's a car. <laughs> <laughs> Scenic design by Neil Patel. This is a total title of show inception. Neil Patel was the scenic designer on title of show. Very cool. So this the, is great. Um, the, wonder, the lovely, lovely show that gives us our name. Yep. Yeah. Costume design by Susan Hilferty. Wicked, Assassins, Lestat, Spring Awakening, etc., yeah, etc. Yeah, 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 the that's costumes are super fucking attractive. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Lighting design by Paul Gallo, who's done everything from Smile to the Anything Goes revival to City of Angels, which I knows, knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah the lights City are of Angels great. is a great lighting design. The lights are everything. The lights are yeah. really good in this. Sound design by Peter Hylensky who's probably the busiest sound designer right now. Great. He's one of these one of these guys who's just yeah. comes in, designs a system, sets a level everywhere and in New York. And that's it. Yeah, great. yeah. So like Moulin Rouge, Beetlejuice, great. and then Frozen, Once on this Island, like just yeah, 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 yeah. incredibly some involved. Some of the coolest things, some of the nicest things in New York right now. Yes. Yeah. Video and projection design by Sven Ortel. Excellent. So really did Little Mermaid, Women on the Verge, and Newsies. Oh yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Hair and wig design by Tom Watson, who... Uh, does a lot of plays, yes. but welcome back from Bright Star. The design's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's so nice. good. Yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also why I was so mad. Right. <laughs> why this show was so bad, because I was like, how dare you yeah. <laughs> have such a gorgeous design and be so and do trash. do nothing with it. Yes. Yeah. Like... 
lipstick like on I a pig, even, perhaps? Yeah, like yeah. big time. Except like, for the the car for the smooth number. No, it was fine. No, that's dumb, you guys. That's so dumb. <laughs> I was, you they just they just wheel out a, this for the world to continue to exist. We have to agree sure. on something okay. that you can't yeah. just wheel out a car. It's a with bit no silly, for... but I, I I understand why though because that's that goes with his kind of that's with his characterization, right? I guess so. I like do it's a see bit what like you're in saying, the though, heights. Paul. Sure. Yeah, but like in the heights exists up. in a world where cars exist. No, right. You know? right, 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 right. I hear you. I think there was. I, I think there was it. a different design choice we could have made that wouldn't have been quite as like. Goofy yeah. Okay, as, that makes sense. Yes. Fair. The projection though, and they have these. Um. So they have like a like a projector screen that flies in from the top, and then they have two projector screens on tracks Mm -hmm. that come in from the side and those screens have a light strip on the the edge of them yes so that they can have all this fun with like perspective Mm -hmm. and like oh the door is getting bigger it's getting smaller we're going down the elevator shaft that whole sequence when she's going down the elevator i'm getting goosebumps thinking about that sequence it's so good Mm -hmm. and it makes me so mad because it goes on for way too long but it's it's so well done and the projection is so good and the set the scenic design i feel like the design all the departments of the design support each other in the way mm. that the the building of the show, like yeah. of the the lyrics, ography, and book and music, don't support each other. Yeah, like I feel okay. like it yeah. is like these two different things where the design team were like on the same page about how yeah. to work together and yeah. make this all Absolutely. work. Mm-hmm. And the artistic creative team were doing their own thing. Yes. Yeah. And not and I don't think communicating at all. It's no. Like what you just described in the design team is the exact opposite of what this creative team feels like. Where it seems like no one was talking no. at all. No mm-hmm. one was communicating about no what one. we were doing. Everyone brought in their own ideas. And some of them are great and some yeah. of them are terrible. Right. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly with a lot of what you're saying. The only thing I was actually feeling while I was watching it was I felt like maybe we could have had more set dressing almost or yeah, more, more for texture and for depth. I was struggling to maybe... I think I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do I say this? So when we had the bed, I was like, great... But then everything else was just emptiness. Mm -hmm. So I wish maybe for a little bit more of relationship between Mm -hmm. set pieces to just help place me a bit more. I think I know exactly what you mean. I felt similar about the caterpillars Mm -hmm. um, set a little bit. Right. A little bit about like the jail as well in Act 2. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's other pictures like the um, the Queen's Palace or the um, Tea Party that just look great. Yeah. This is like the beginning of an era that we're in currently where projection is starting to have a much larger role on Mm -hmm. the stage. I think we are still trying to figure out how to best utilize projection in conjunction with other scenic elements. And so I think when they got it, they got it really well. Mm -hmm. And when they didn't get it, it was like, oh, that feels empty. Yeah, it's more noticeable, I guess. But you're so right. It is a relatively new technical element that yeah. we're really bringing into theater much more now i feel like it's it's kind of the theater version of practical versus uh mm. uh digital special yeah. digital special that's effects. a great take yeah where where we're learning that we have this ability to amp things up using projection but we don't we haven't quite figured out yeah. the way to marry that because you can't mm. do all one it's actually been really cool over the past, doing this podcast and um, ending up checking out a lot of shows from about 
between 2005 Mm -hmm. to 2015 or so and watching it seems like we're watching a lot of brilliant designers figuring yes. it out well, over the course of that. Like yes. I think of like Sunday in the Park with George, and mm-hmm. I think and of Ghost. Ghost, yeah, which we talked and about Ghost, a few weeks ago. I, yeah, I can't get they Ghost out of my mind well. in mm-hmm. this yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they get it, they get it really good in this mm-hmm. one. Like projecting onto like the moving set pieces was slick as shit. Yep. That weird thing that the Queen comes in on, I didn't understand the point of that. <laughs> yeah. I uh, it, it, it looked cool, but, like, yes. why? Yeah. I also didn't understand why the Mad Hatter's lair was all, like, this industrial steampunky thing. Like, I, it, it looked really nice. It was well done, but mm. I didn't understand why. Right. You know why I think that is? Why? Because you know what else comes out in 2010 has been developed concurrently with this musical? Hmm. Is Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Oh, that's right. This was all at the yeah. same time. Which I tried to watch a few weeks ago. Uh, oh, um, don't. And actually... Couldn't, no. couldn't get through it. Couldn't, no. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, out of 10 playbills, how many monkeys would you give the design elements in this show? Allie first. Nine. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I'll go in on nine. Absolutely. I I will too. I thought you'd say eight because of the car. No, you've sold me on the car. The car's fine. I <laughs> we fine. convinced sure. you. Like, there's going to be a miss. I just, I like liking yeah. things, you guys. When I'm working on a show, so when we're creating a piece, you're trying to make it essentially as good as possible without the technical mm-hmm. elements, right? That's the goal. You want to yeah. make it be able to stand on its own because if for whatever reason we can't have all the tech stuff, yeah. we mm-hmm. still have a beautiful, meaningful piece of theater. Yeah. And I feel like I'm always amazed and have an immense amount of respect for folks who work on the tech side of things because there's just it's it, it's amazing and magical to me to add the little extra bit so i'm always enchanted on that like first day of tech every time They're and this tech. show made me feel that way Absolutely. again mm-hmm. all right it's going well i'm very this is all very interesting very fascinating let's talk about the people who put it on stage mm-hmm. who wants to begin any shout outs yeah, uh, a fair amount, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, big shout out goes to Kate Schindel, who plays the Mad Hatter and just has a stupid voice. Yep. Her voice is nuts. Yeah. She's figured something Whoa. out. And the the register at which she, this is the definition of screlting. And yes. I mean that in the yeah. best possible way. Totally. Um, it's we really know incredible. her and love her from, from Legally, Blonde. Legally Blonde playing Vivian. That's like the only other major, yeah. major mm-hmm. thing. Like they kind of happened right, right around yeah. each other, right? And she kind of had this big hit mm-hmm. of, of like, let me just scream beautifully in your face. Yeah. <laughs> scream and beautifully you will love face. it. Yes. <laughs> Janet DeCall. As Alice, we know her and love her um, from In the Heights, where she's yes. very funny. She's one of the salon uh, salon oh, ladies. I can see that. Yeah, um, I oh, I don't like her in this. Okay. No, I don't think I like her in this. Do you either. not like her? Do you not like the role she has to play? Or is it both? I, I would don't challenge think anyone she's to. Right. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think she's very talented. Mm-hmm. I think she got chosen because she's got such a contemporary look and energy, yeah. mm-hmm. and that makes sense. But I don't think that was the right path. I don't hmm. know. What about the daughter? Uh, Chloe, right? Yeah, Chloe. Chloe's the daughter's name. but Played by Carly Rose Sonnenclair. Yeah. Very, she's very, very sweet. She has a real nice voice. She's Absolutely. like, I don't know why she needed that yeah. voice <laughs> yeah. for this totally. role or this show. Yes. But she did a lovely job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The poor yeah. kid. I'm not convinced that character really even needs to exist. Yeah, no, I think there's really a stronger, doesn't. this kid actor has got a part. That shouldn't exist. Right. What are they going to do? You know what so, I mean? Yeah, I feel bad Absolutely. for her. She's given, she's given it her all in a part that doesn't, doesn't need, need to, to exist. exist. Yeah. Um, Jose Yana, who played Elgato. 
hilarious. From See, Spelling Bee. He, he does this thing where he plays the guitar with his oh tail. Oh my god. It's very good. And then he <laughs> explains to the audience that he it's a guitar. Oh, and the audience yeah. goes, hey, it's like that song by Santana featuring Rob oh Thomas. Oh my god. <laughs> and that's the moment where I would probably debate leaving or not. If I was in the theater, that would be the moment Pour where I'd be like... Pour me another drink. I am yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, What's his nuts? Uh, the caterpillar does he, a great job. That was supposed e. to be uh, Clayton? E. Clayton Titus. Cornelius. Oh, sorry. Uh, that was, that was supposed to be, to be Titus, Titus Burgess. Burgess. That's could, right. I yeah. forgot. That probably would have been very good as well. E. e. Clayton Cornelius does a nice job. Yeah, lovely nice job. job. The yeah. guy who plays the knight, Darren Ritchie, lovely. Yeah, working hard. Working does, super the hardest hard. Hardest working guy in this show. Stops. Works super hard. He's the good. gal who does the 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 queen, Karen Mason, is delightful. Yes. The ensemble is oh, delightful. The they're working great. their they're butts off. Working so hard. They yeah. are changing their costumes so often. They're changing the set so they often. They are changing <laughs> the set so often. Yeah. Like the honest truth is I don't find a ton of fault in no, this cast. No, I don't. Nor no. do I. Yeah, Alice was miscast uh, a bit, but not I don't know. I would argue that she's doing such a distinct thing. It's clear I think she's doing exactly what she was directed to do. Yes, yeah. absolutely. A contemporary unexpected Alice. Yeah. Sure. Okay, well, out of 10 playbills, how many Yeah, there's not, I don't know if there's anything else to talk about there. Good job, guys. You did what you could. Yeah, yeah. Nine, nine nine and a half. Yeah. Nine, nine and a half, yeah. I don't think they were perfect. I'd go, I'd go lower. I'm going to go eight because no one's like, wow, wow, wow. Mm. Except for Kate Chindle for a second when she scrouts really high, you know? Yeah, okay. I'd say nine. Nine. Great. Yeah. Cool. What about you, Jill? I think I was a nine or a nine and a half. Because I really like the ensemble and I feel like everyone was really well showcased. So yeah, everyone got their proper, their time. I'm going to shout out this one thing that Kate Schindel does when she's um, doing like the very end of I Will Prevail, which is her top of act mm-hmm. two. And it's like, and, and is it? Like she does oh, this, she does a flip. This offset. It's like a Colm Wilkinson offset that <gasps> Colm Wilkinson does in the original mm-hmm. Les Mis. And it's something that a lot of um, singers, maybe you can even speak to this a little bit, Jill, as an excellent singer, as like mm-hmm. when you're in a very intense forward yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. this offset of like, just, it, to me, it screams really connected breath. Just sure. Everybody go listen to yeah. Yeah. Mad Hatter and I Will Prevail and just. It's very good. You're welcome. Absolutely. It's so good. So, despite that, no one liked this show. I wonder why. What did people like this year? Ooh, I can't wait to get into the Tonys. Here we go. I'm going to make y'all play the Tony Great. game. Okay. This is what year again? 2011. Great. So this is the 65th annual Tony Awards on May 3rd, 2011. We've done this before this year before. We certainly have. Okay. Uh, this, is the, this is the perfect hotspot for my Tony knowledge. Okay. So who do you think hosted? Um, in 2011, probably Neil Patrick Harris. Or oh, no, Hugh Jackman. No, you were correct. I, I was, was just, it was Neil Patrick Harris. It was Harris. NPH. I was oh, just yeah. waiting to see if you had a different guess. This is when he was right in the middle of his like hot streak of hosting. So, yes, great. The Tony for Best Musical went to a show that is still running, has several other national productions happening. I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Is it is Book of Mormon? It's Book of Mormon. Yep. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. This is the Book of Mormon year. Other yep. shows, uh, one we've talked about. That were nominated in 2011. Susan Stroman show, 2011. Is Big Fish. Mm-mm. No. Big Fish was a Susan Stroman, right? I yeah, it was. Yeah. This one is a candor and ebb, though. Oh, is this Scottsboro Boys? It is. Oh. Yeah. So this is also... 
Catch Me If You Can. It is. Catch Me If You Can year. And, and the Sister one Act. that's paid your bills and for the Sister most Act. years. Oh, I love Sister Act, baby. Is anyone in Canada doing Sister Act? I am available. Yeah, now we're coming yeah back. me too. The yeah. preeminent I'm, Sister I, Act team is yeah, ready yeah. to head out. I, They're here in this I living room. I know exactly <laughs> where to set that mutton, baby. Oh, absolutely. So I consider this... Um, the award for best performance by a leading actor in a musical to have been misawarded. So I'll tell you, how do I do this? I will give you the nominees and then I want you to tell me who you remember Winning. won it. Okay, so best performance by a leading actor in yeah. a musical. The nominees are <laughs> Andrew Rannells for The Book of Mormon, Josh Gad for The Book of Mormon, Norbert Leo Butts for Catch Me If You Can, Joshua Henry for the Scottsboro Boys and Tony Sheldon for Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So who do you think won? Correct me if I'm wrong, but Andrew Rannells took it? No, Josh Gad took it. Neither. Well, first of all, who should have taken it is um, Scottsboro Boys. I was going to say, Joshua Henry yeah. should Joshua Henry have 110% taken it. But neither of the Book of Mormons. Did Norbert Leo Butts? He did. Jeez. But this is the only time in the history of this podcast and the world where I will say this. I want less butts. <laughs> No Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, no and everyone yeah. in between, we're done. Yeah, I'll <laughs> next time. But yeah. that's the yeah. only there time I'll ever butts. say this. No, and I do love him. I, I think he is a wonderful performer. But when I see that list of nominees. Yeah, of that I, list, yeah. It, that is, yeah. Um, and then Sutton Foster took Best Leading Actress for, for Anything Goes. Sutton for Foster, I know, Crinkle. Yeah. She's incredible. She's and... great. Patina Miller was also nominated for Sister Act, which incredible. I think is a great I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. choice. Though that yeah. also. So just like she did a great job, but that like I mean the show pays my bills, but like yeah. come on, yeah, it's, like a, <laughs> it's a fine show. Yes. But like it, it makes sense why nobody liked this because like those are a lot of really great yep. shows. Yes, and so if you go see Book of Mormon or you go see freaking Sister Act or you yeah. go see Anything Goes, Catch Me If You Can, can. yeah, and then yeah. you go see Wonderland or even Pr- Priscilla, 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 because like Priscilla is yes. taking the dumb fun energy crowd. Yeah, you yeah, know, and, and then better. like, and then you go see Wonderland, and you're like, why? The other thing was star power. Right? If we're mm-hmm. thinking about these people like yep. Norbert Leo Butts and Aaron Tveit, we've got Daniel Radcliffe in How to Succeed. Right. We've got Sutton in Anything Goes, right? Yeah. Like it's all happening at the same time yeah. and you're going, well, I'm going to go see people that I know. Yeah. And who do we know in Wonderland? Very few unless you're they're, like us. They're, they're kind of the like musical yeah. theater nerds are going to yeah. be like, oh, I want to go see so-and-so, but yeah. like nobody else no is going to... Yeah. I don't think I don't feel like Frank Wildhorn's in a special draw in this day right. and age either. I don't the only thing that's a draw is Wonderland, because that's a recognizable property and the Tim Burton movie just came out. Right. Mm-hmm. But no one liked the Tim Burton movie, even yeah. though it made <laughs> so much money. Totally. But that's beside the point. So there we go. This is the time. The be all end all. The last two questions. I'd like to as we're coming towards the end, I'd like to mention one more time, because I feel like we haven't discussed it enough. She goes and meets Lewis Carroll. Yes, yeah. that's correct. And then correct. meets her younger self. Yeah. yeah. And then Lewis Carroll's like, I'm going to come, come, I will show you why you're actually here. And then it's like, here's her younger self. And she's like, oh, I need to get in touch with my inner child. That's right. And reignite my love of writing. <laughs> why? Have we really set up that she's a writer? I'd <sighs> like us to keep those very important plot points in our head as yeah. we do this final rating. Okay, ask the questions, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Should this be a musical, y'all? Like, do we need this type of retelling of this story 
is this the version of Alice in Wonderland that we need in the 21st century? I no. think is that's a good right. No, no. Okay. absolutely not. No, right there we go. That's the answer to that one. Yeah, this is not the the retelling, the no. rehashing that we need. Is this a flop? Is this a secret bop? Or is it so bad we need to make it stop? <sighs> Jilko. Oh God. Oh, should, um, you want me to go first? Yeah, I'm pointing at you. Please make it stop. It's got to okay. go. I okay. think I make have to say make it stop. Yeah, this even is a though, hard make it stop and, for and me. I, and this pains me so much to do because I love so much. Yes. I love so many bits of this. Yeah. Like, I had to take walks while I was watching right. this. Like, I, yeah. it was yeah. such a vis- viscerally angry reaction yeah. that I want to say make it stop, but I'll still listen to I Will Prevail, The Mad Hatter, and Wonderland. Yeah, right. Sure. Absolutely. Okay, but Jill, you seem reticent to get on board with the Make I It Stop. I am a little. Um, I actually kind of like it as a teen show. Yeah. Oh, sure. For, like, my students to do oh, it. that would be, you that's know? the place for this. I was thinking this. that, too. Yeah. I was like, this would be, if if she wasn't a middle-aged woman. Right. And it's a great vehicle in ways to learn how to sing in different, like, different styles. styles. Yeah. yeah. So, so I do think there is a place for it. Yeah. But in the sort of... Uh, Broadway context. I I don't. I'm not sold. You gotta make it a one act. Take out the stuff where she meets Lewis Carroll or anything. Yeah. Just yeah. make it a straight up weird high fantasy type deal. Yeah. And, and she make wakes it a up show. in the bed and then she's Absolutely. like, Oh, I yeah. still love my family because Absolutely. I actually like that part where she like Great. remembers totally. how much she loves her partner and like it's. I like that. Like I, I think you need yeah. to lean into it being Hook. Yes. Yeah. Oh well, like don't have her have her uh book get rejected have her be like i have to take this job and mm-hmm. i'm i'm mad about my husband yeah and but blah, mom blah, blah. can't but you mom, come see my dance recital like oh, but yeah. mom but mom oh, I'll like try. I'm running you, those stories that you've been telling me like why aren't you writing those stories that you've been telling yes. me i just love how creative you are you don't love- understand being a grown-up I yeah. To be a grown-up. <laughs> yeah 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 that might even be like a secret bop in the right context, know. you know? But but, I, but it's not. It takes, yeah. a, it takes a big salvage job. Yeah. 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 But we've come to a conclusion. Look at us. Sorry if this is your favorite musical. Really, I can't express enough how much I enjoy so much of it. Yes. Yeah. And how angry I was because I didn't like it more. Yeah. Because yeah. I wanted to. Totally. I think that came across to me anyway in this room. So I'm hopeful that our listeners will understand as well. Thank you for being here, Allie. Allie Full, Nick. Oh my gosh. Nick. Oh. Such Allie a nice Fulmick. way to spend thank a day. You. This was thank lovely. You. So, uh, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to finally yeah. be on this podcast. Yes! Beautiful and not thing. just listening quietly from the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, send us messages. Tell us you're enjoying things. Tell us you're not enjoying things. Podcasting is so much like screaming into the void. So we have to assume that people are listening to this show but it's always a pleasant surprise when people actually say they are. It's been really fun to see your uh, Spotify wrap uh, sheets, your year-end wrap-up. Absolutely, <laughs> with us on it. playbills appear on your list. That's so lovely. Thank you so much, Absolutely. everyone, for listening. Uh, um, we've got one more before the end of the year. We've got one more before the end of the year. Be sure to watch NBC Live's <laughs> Annie, because that's what we're going to be reviewing in a couple I'm weeks. so happy. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Have a nice day. And remember... Welcome to Wonderland. <laughs> da, 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 but why haven't we, the, the true, why didn't we didn't sing Through the Looking Glass? Through the Looking Glass we go. This is all gonna get cut by producer Daph. Cut by producer Daph. I do like that song too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Hi everyone, this is producer Daphne speaking. 
Thank you all so much for listening to Monkeys and Playbills, the show where we take a look at Broadway musicals that had 100 performances or fewer before closing. To learn more about the show, you can follow us on Instagram at monkeysandplaybillspod, on Twitter at monkeyplaybills, or email us at monkeysandplaybillspod at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash monkeysandplaybills. Fun fact, we also now have merch available. Visit the link in our description to learn how you can get your hands on some pretty cool friend of the podcast mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. Monkeys and Playbills is proud to be a Village Conservatory for Music Theater podcast. Original music for the show is provided by Paul DeGers, and the show is produced and edited by Daphne Finlayson. Thank you all so much for listening, and join us next week where we take on Annie Live.